You are now listening to the Funkaholics Podcast. Welcome to the Funkaholics Podcast, a podcast that loves to take a walk down memory lane when it comes to collecting and talking stories. This is a place where we talk everything and anything in collector world and what we love. Today's episode, we are taking another walk down memory lane, and guess it, folks, we are talking wrestling. So, one of the great stories that we are going to cover today is Bash at the Beach 2000, Hogan versus Jeff Jarrett versus Russo. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I have my brother, Arturo back on the episode with us he is one of the wrestling experts i call him that because this dude's got a vast knowledge of wrestling history and when i brought the subject up to him he was all in folks so brother welcome back thank you nando thank you for having me yes anytime man anytime so quick shout out to lost in the shadows flow uh you're the one that reminded me about this match you sent me something on instagram where it triggered the itch to tell this story. So, uh, at the Funkaholics, we always like to do this the right way. So, we are going to go ahead and. Oh, yeah. Cheers, Cheers, brother. Cheers, brother. Another great episode. Ladies and gentlemen, Bash at the Beach 2000. So, like I was saying, we had Hollywood Hogan versus Jeff Jarrett versus Vince Russo. Everyone called this the work that turned into a shoot. So, so for those of you, for, for, for the wrestling fans and for uh, new people that are listening to the podcast, I will break down what work means to you, what work means. So work is to deceive or manipulate an audience in order to elicit a desired response. Opposite of a shoot. A shoot is... When a wrestler deliberately goes off script by making candid comments or remarks during an interview. So there you guys go. We're going to take you into this ep- into this episode and kind of give you guys a breakdown of why they called it the work that turned into a shoot. I've listened to multiple podcasts um, about this story. I remember when I watched it, couldn't believe what the hell that was going on. You said it the best. You are like, this is one of the worst pay-per-views that... You know, that we had saw it started out hot and then it just fizzed out. It just, you know, it went down the drain. You, It was real chaotic. There was a lot of stuff that normally you don't see on wrestling pay-per-views that were going on. Um, so, guys, just to give you a little bit of background history on leading up to this is Hogan joined the WCW in 1994. Russo, Russo joined in 1999. So let that part settle in, people. And where I'm going with this is wrestling politics. The locker room idea was supposed to be Hulk winning the heavyweight title from Jarrett and Booker ending the show with a title for a future match at Starcade to crown an undisputed champion. However, according to Russo, the whole idea was supposed to be Booker winning the title. So guys, you can see where I'm going, where the chaos starts happening. According to Russo, he wrote the script so that Hogan would look like Superman, but not get the title. Bischoff notified Russo two hours before that Hogan was not cool with this, 
invoking his creative control. Where have we talked about this before, right? Yes, sir. Hogan agreed to lose the title but wanted more story written on him, which is where Russo did not do so, then started the disagreement. Laurinaitis was pulled in to rewrite the story where Scott Steiner was going to assist with the win and both parties agreed. At that time, Russo was plotting something different. Dun, dun, dun. Then, Russo cuts a promo, taking shots at Hogan, and stating because of Hogan, he cannot write stories for the younger wrestlers. So we got all kinds of drama going on here. What happens in the match, guys, is that When the match starts, both wrestlers come in. They do their introductions, everything. The bell rings. Jarrett lays down. You can see the look on Hogan's face where he is like, what the fuck just happened? What is going on? He does what any wrestler does is he just... I mean, it's like ad-libbing. He just... Like, all right, he puts his foot on Jared's te- on on Jared's chest. The referee comes in. One, two, three. We have a new champion. Russo is over there, walking around the ring like a jackass. Grabs the title, throws it in the ring. I'm sitting here as a fan, wondering what the hell's going on. The whole time, I'm thinking it's a work. I'm like, this is. This is Russo and Hogan pitting up against each other, but this is Russo trying to tell something different and saying, like, I've got other, or not necessarily i got other plans, but I want to, I want to flex my chest. I'm not a huge fan of you, Hogan, and here's me working on a new story. Maybe we got the feud coming up and stuff like that. Now, back then, seeing it, cool maybe we got a great storyline happening here you know maybe something's you know something's going on or you know see where this is go listening to today's day is my biggest thing gathering all this brother was what the fuck was russo doing out there anyways you know he's the he's the he's the head writer what the hell is he doing on tv aren't they supposed to be behind the scenes (laughs) writing the stories yep (laughs) <laughs> you know they, they they sure are brother and uh the thing about it was is back then you had the monday night wars you had wcw going head to head with with wwe uh nitro was kicking raw's ass constantly they had the talent you know they were they they had it they had it all and the the sad part about it is is they pissed it away yes and stuff where they had Vince McMahon beat at his own game, his own demise, and they got too greedy. The problem is, is like you were saying, like what the hell is Russo doing out there? Well, Bischoff was given the golden key by Ted Turner. She had no expense. Here's like, the I, I got the money. I got more money than Vince McMahon. Bring me the talent. Let's. I'm gonna beat him at his own game. Right. Because that's what Ted Turner told told Vince McMahon. 
And and the funny thing was is I remember Vince McMahon telling this conversation saying, I remember when Ted Turner bought WCW and he says I'm in the wrestling business. Yep. And Vince McMahon <laughs> goes, well, that's good because I'm in the sports entertainment business. Right. And and who's still standing? Exactly. You know. So, you know, God bless Vince McMahon. You know, he had this vision when he took over from his father, and it's one of those catch twenty two double edged swords for me because. I hate it for the fact that McMahon took away all the territories. Right. And stuff. Because it was great storytelling all the way around. I'm an old school, you know, watching all these all this different wrestling. But going back to back at the beach, you know, 2000, the creative control and everything, Bischoff kind of was his own demise as well in this because he gave control to Hogan, Nash, Hall and it just ruined everything yeah and at that point you know those backstage politics played in and you were holding good talent down and there was so much talent in WCW at the time Booker T man Booker T went into the singles granted dude he was with Harlem Heat with his brother Stevie Ray such a great tag team that was a hell of a tag team man but even he was just a greater talent dude in, 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 in singles and I finally got to meet him Comic Con here nice. in Albuquerque got my picture with you know what the five time five time five you know, time like, five time you know, <laughs> awesome man you know got 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 my picture taken got an autograph from him and stuff and but he was being held down yeah because Hogan didn't want to share the spotlight with that young talent you had other good talent like Chris Benoit you know God rest his soul you know this he was main eventing he should have yeah. been main eventing and stuff. I mean, hell, they were even holding down Diamond Dallas Page. Yeah. DDP Yoga, baby. Hell yeah. You know, hey. So <laughs> it, it's it's all, you know, you're watching all this talent being held down because these guys don't want to get rid of the spotlight and it's pissing off Russo. Right. And, and this is one of the things that people don't understand is the reason why Russo left WWE to go to WCW was because McMahon has the final say in creative control. Right. And Russo hated it. McMahon still has the final say in creative control now. Exactly. To this day. It's his show. It's his product. It's his, it's his name on the line. The man's still standing, so he's obviously doing something right. That's right. And, and you know, you got to give him his props where it's due and stuff. And uh, Russo had a different vision. And I think he wanted to start bringing this younger talent up and showcasing it. And Hogan wanted to put his foot down. Right. And it's ego. I get it. You know, it's... You got two bulls or two rams, man, inside the yeah. ring. It's not going to go well. No, it's not. And then when you see it happening and it's all unfolding, you know, and you're wondering as you're watching the pay-per-view because you see this thing with Jarrett bringing this fat lady around. He's been holding talent competitions. Right. The, the fat lady's going to sing, you know, once this thing's over with and stuff. And, you know, and it's going around throughout this pay-per-view. And then all of a sudden when they finally come in, and you just see Jarrett lay down. You're like, and the look on Hogan's face is like, Hogan's like, you're going to fucking do this in front of all these fucking people. And not only all the people here, you're going to do it in fucking live pay-per-view. Right. And the whole world is watching. You're going to do this now. So what does Hogan do? Hogan goes on the defensive end. He calls out Russo in front of everybody. Like, this is the reason why this is going to fucking shit is because of fucking shit like this. So he tried to twist it to make it look like this was all Russo. Yeah. 
and Russo pretty much saying, he's throwing the belt in, saying, fuck you, you're the reason why we're doing this. Because look at look at Jarrett's face. The moment Hogan puts his foot on him, the ref counts to three. Fucking Jarrett. This is guy's a... Wrestling's in his blood. His father had wrestling territories in Jerry Jarrett. He had Miss South Wrestling, which became UWF. Yep. And stuff. Coming from Tennessee. I watched Jeff Jarrett when he was in WCCW. You know? And to see him... The disgust on his face. Because that's his livelihood. Yeah. You know, that's everything that he's known and loved and he's come to do. And, you know, he's just as disgusted as Russo. Yeah. And stuff. Because the almighty Hulk Hogan wants to still be on top. You know, there's a time when you got to, you know, you got to turn over the reins, man. You got to say, you know what? You did it with Warrior. Yeah, he did it with the Warrior. (laughs) You know? And stuff. It's no longer your time, man. Make your appearances here now and then. The Rock makes his appearances and stuff. John Cena's doing the same thing. Stone Cold makes his appearance. Stone Cold does the same thing. Triple H. Triple H does the same thing. Shawn Michaels. Those guys, man, they're trying to share their knowledge. Look at NXT. Yeah. Damn. Those two masterminds right there with the road dog back there. Dude, NXT's just tearing it up. Yeah. They're doing a great job. They're doing a hell of a job and stuff. And to see that unfold... And you took a great pay-per-view, which started off with the Cruiserweight match with Juventud and Lieutenant Loco. Yeah. You know, freaking Chavo, <laughs> man. And with the misfits in action against, yep. you know, the filthy animals. And you took it from that, and then it just went tainted. That pay-per-view went to shit. And you're like, what the fuck just happened? And stuff. And you're like, and if I was paying for it, I mean, I paid for it on pay-per-view. So I was pissed. Right. You know? But to be there live, and you're like, I just spent my whole fucking paycheck for this shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, to go home that day, yeah, it just, it was. And then they tried to save face at the end, you know, and put the strap on Booker. And, you know, it was rightfully so. I mean, it was deserving for Booker, but the way it all folded out and he got it, it just, there was no way of saving the pay-per-view yeah. after that happened. And yeah, because so, you got, so Hogan goes off and he, you know, takes a shot at Russo, tells him, you know, you're. You're 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 fucking up this company, and you know this is you know it's shit like this. That's why WCW is going down the drain. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, you got Russo wanting to come back later on in the in the pay per view, wanting to voice his opinion, mm-hmm. where he's like, "Oh well, Hogan's fired, and you know we're done with him, and you know this match never existed. Jeff Jarrett's still the champion, and him and Booker T are gonna go at it." Yeah. One of the crazy things about it, as I was listening to, you know, different sides of the story, and I can't remember who the hell it was, but somebody told, somebody told the story that wrestlers were in the locker rooms wondering why there was two heavyweight title, heavyweight titles there. Russo, I think Russo had them bring that extra title in because he knew what the fuck was going to go down when all this shit started between Hogan and, you know, Hogan saying, like, well, I'm going to enforce, you know, my, uh, what what did I call it? My uh, creative control. Creative control, yeah. you know, on my character, and I'm going to put my foot down. It's crazy to think that Russo thought that far 
you know, for, you know, for that to happen, you know, with Hogan. So Russo played Hogan and made it look like you're, we're going to write the story to where you're happy. You and Bischoff go off into the sunset with the title and then I'm going to come back out and fucking fire you. You're not going to see any of this because you're traveling. And I'm going to bring Jarrett back to life. And Booker T is going to go off into the sunset as well with the title the way that I wanted to write it. <laughs> he had to cut a few corners and go in between the lines and shit like that. But he played it well. This is the type of shit that I love. You know what I mean? Because like I yeah. said, you know, we're sitting there watching it. We're wondering what the fuck is going on. But then later down the road, we get to find out the real story and what the hell was going on. We get Russo's side. We get Bischoff's side. Brother, Bischoff is another one that wants to stand in line and absolutely have nothing to fucking do with Russo. They can't stand him. Mm -hmm. They hate his guts. I mean, it's... I listened to the Eric Bischoff um, podcast, and I think it's... 87 weeks with Eric Bischoff or 87 days 87 weeks I think sorry Bischoff I don't mean to shit on your podcast but (laughs) I don't know I'm shitting on it I just you know I I I I can't remember the name of it exactly but in that episode he's literally like he's like you know Russo is he called him a TV whore he said Russo wanted to be out there on the TV, and he got his opportunity. And then he stirred up all this shit. He, you know, had all this stuff going on. So, you've got, you got wrestling drama at its best. Yeah. You know, you hear Hogan's side of the story. Uh, Bischoff to this day says, you know, I've always been great friends with Hogan. That was no secret. When I brought Hogan in. He helped change the platform of WCW. He's exactly what I needed to get, you know, get this damn thing running. You know, get, you know, get this, get this great opportunity off of its feet, you know, and, and run with it. So when you hear all of this going back and forth, this, you know, you, you, you bring in Russo, he's writing all this shit. Hogan's buying in on part of it, but then all of a sudden a last minute change happens. And, and, and we hear this with a lot of these iconic wrestlers. You hear a lot of this backroom stuff. I mean, it happened with Warrior when Warrior held fucking Vince McMahon, you know, saying, you don't give me $500,000, I'm not coming out to do this match. Yeah. You know, and now all of a sudden we hear Hogan kind of doing the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, saying like, well... I don't. I I heard the story and yeah, I agreed to it. But now I'm not happy with it. I'm feeling different. And yeah. you know, here we go. So here here's what happens with all this shit. Knowing what you know now, does it change your perspective of the way the pay per view went? The way that you felt at that time when you watched it? Yeah, it does. It does. You know, that and just like any business whatsoever, there's always backstage politics. It doesn't have to be wrestling. It could be could be anything it could be just reality you know it could be any job there's always backstage politics there's always that brown noser in there and you know and you got the one that 
out of sight, out of mind, you know, hey, right. you got, you know, and, and, and unfortunately, you know, Russo wanted the world to know that WCW is what it is because of the stories that he's telling. Right. And instead of just letting the product speak for itself, he had to have some part of the limelight. And it's another demise, man. What it, The way it's just, it, it went down and stuff. But it all goes back again too. How do you give creative control to your talent and stuff? Because guess what? The talent's gonna make everything evolve around them. You know, Hogan made sure that he wasn't comfortable with just getting that title and then having to give it away right away to Booker T. But then let's flip the script. Let's go back to WWE. When Bret Hart lost the belt to Yokozuna. That same night, guess who came in and beat Yokozuna and became champion? Hulk Hogan. And it seems like it was good back then because I got the belt. But now I'm in a different wrestling organization and we're trying to run that same script again. But this time I'm the one that has to give it up. Oh, hell no, I'm not with it. You know, so... But then if you notice in that pay-per-view, when all this unfolded, it changed the stories in the other matches that were yet to unfold. True. If you saw that Goldberg versus Nash match, and it was supposed to be for Scott Hall's career. Right. You saw Nash walking, and he's looking at Scott Steiner like, hey, we're still good, right? Scott Steiner basically tells him, fuck you. <laughs> and Nash, you see your Nash telling him, hey, man, it's for his fucking career. And Punk's basically telling him, give a fuck. And so it just flipped the script on everything. So it's basically saying, like, your creative controlling weren't the shit either. You know? And then you go into that match, and then all of a sudden you see Big Papa Punk coming out. And you're like, all right, so he's going to help Nash after all. Nope. Fucking helps out Goldberg and stuff. <laughs> and then you see him doing knuckles and shit at the end of the thing. You're like, what the fuck just happened here? You know? So it, it's... It, the, the, the way that this whole pay-per-view unfolded, it was... That right there was the final nail in the hammer that brought down WCW. Yeah. And it just... Vince McMahon was just laughing. He was like, it's coming back to me. Yep. When he thought he was about to lose it all and stuff, it came right back to him. So, you know, it was... It was I guess you can call it karma or something in there. And it... it and you know what's funny so as i was researching you know this episode and you know re-watching bash at the beach and then listening to all these podcasts all these interviews everybody's perspective here's the fucking kicker of all kickers that just makes this story so much more greater halloween havoc 1999 hogan versus sting Hogan lays down and tells him, pin me, I want to get paid. Yeah. That was Russo's fucking idea. <laughs> and what does he do? A year later, he comes back and throws it right back at Hulk. Yeah. And we've got this big old fucking feud going on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We've got these egos. Yeah. I hate to say it. Like I like I said, I, I we were talking about this earlier, and, and, and I think... 
Russo had a lot of great ideas. But stay in the fucking back, bro. Yeah, I agree. You'll get your credit. You don't need to be on the television to get your credit. There's been so many times where Russo is out there. And it's like, dude, that's Bischoff's spotlight. You have no business out there. He tried pulling the same shit in WWE. Yeah. You know? And and like I said, you know, Bischoff says it in... in in his podcast, he's like, he's a TV whore. He wants the attention. He he wanted to be more than a writer. And that's like, I, I, I brother, there's so many times where, you know, it's, it's the time where Hogan turned heel with the NWO and the fucking fans lost their shit. I can't tell you how many times Russo came out and the fans saw, lost their shit. You see cups flying in, popcorn, oh, yeah. trash. Yeah. You know, and I remember because I was living in Virginia because that's when I was in the Navy. So yeah, out there, and they would go out there to there in Norfolk, and uh, we'd go watch uh, Nitro out there, and it never fell, dude. NWO would come out, or next you know, dude, sh- fucking the whole ring is nothing but trash, bro. <laughs> you're like, what the fuck? Are we even gonna have a match anymore? You're yeah, like, what the fuck? You know, and and it was like that, and it wasn't just like that for the one house show or the or the live event. It was a fucking weekly basis and stuff and and you're like what the hell and the sad thing about it is is like I said once again WCW had so much talent Eddie Guerrero was over there Chris Jericho was over there yep you know Chris Benoit Perry Saturn Dean Malenko Shane Douglas dude Juventud to Guerrero there was just so much talent WCW there WCW was and, stacked and they were performing and they were putting on so much shows and the storytelling and all these matches and stuff and yet everyone's lasting impression was fucking NWO yeah and stuff and don't get me wrong I love that when that Hogan twisted type deal because no one expected it right I didn't expect it I'm we, seeing Hogan walk down like oh here he goes gonna fucking save the day and all yeah. of a sudden and all of a sudden you just see him turn on Macho Man puts the leg drop and everyone's like what the fuck just happened yep. and I was like I didn't know what to say back then. I was like, what the fuck? You know, because you're, bro, you're, you're growing up and you're like, say your prayers, eat your vitamins and all this exactly. stuff. And you're like, brother. And then, yeah. And then you're just watching it like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. And then all of a sudden you see him the following week, he's got the black beard and he's got black and white on. You're like, no fucking way. And, and, and he played the character to the T though. He did. And that's one Funkaholics is, you know, in past episodes, you know, we've we've talked about iconic characters. Trust me, guys, we are gonna get we are gonna we are gonna cover Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Um, you know, like Arturo was saying here, is just you know, it blew your mind when he turned and you know, when you're watching it, you can see all the fans reaction because he's always been known as a hero. Yeah. We've never known him to be the bad guy. And then all of a sudden, you know, he joins the NWO. He becomes the face of NWO. He played the fucking character great. It's, you know, it, it, it it's that story writing that just was the perfect storm. Yeah. You know? This whole thing, you know, where, you know, where we're talking about Bash at the Beach uh, 2000, there's so many other great stories that, you know, that we're definitely going to cover. Um, 
leading down the road and and you know everything the the end result was obviously bad um you know Russo basically caused Hogan to leave WCW mm-hmm. and sue Russo for defamation of character and this is where we we talk about where because these egos are colliding, the fans suffer. You just said it best, you know. Here, here you are saying, you know, I, you know, what what about the fans that were at this? They busted their ass. They paid for this ticket. They get there, and it's just like, what you know, what what happened? You know, and, it, and it's not only that. It's like your other, you know, your other colleagues, man. Yeah. They were trying to put on a hell of a show. You started it off with that cruiserweight match. Then you rolled into that tag team match with Chronic against Stasiak and Palumbo. That was a hell of a tag team match. Yep. You know? And watching watching Chronic win the belt and stuff, and it went to shit. Yeah. How do you go back to the locker room and you look at those guys and you're like, we fucked it all up for you. We're sorry. <laughs> you know what? That didn't come across. You know? Because they didn't give a shit about those guys. Yeah. And stuff. And that's sad, man, because these other guys are busting their ass trying to make names for themselves. And stuff, and trying to put a good product out there for the fans, and they got pissed away. Exactly. That whole night. Just went to shit. It's, so. you know, it, it comes back to the way The Rock says it. Know your role. Yeah. You know, I could, I think if Russo would have heard that, maybe, you know, he would have listened. And I, I think it would have given Russo the opportunity to sit there and write a lot more great stories. Because... He had the talent to write the great stories. Yeah. He was a fucking great writer. Yeah. You wish The Rock was there at that time. Oh, my God. Tell him you know your role in the moment Russo was going to say something. It doesn't matter what exactly. you fucking think. You know? <laughs> <laughs> know your role and shut your mouth. <laughs> it, 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 it's... It's this walk down memory lane that, you know, that, like I said, that I love. And, you know, I've, I'm, I'm glad that we can, you know, rehash these stories. But, you know, the, the beautiful thing about it is now we've got all this extra information. Because back then in 2000, you know, we would have we probably been pissed off talking about a bunch of different things. You know, it, it, it wouldn't have come off the way that we're talking about it today. Yeah. With that said, guys, I encourage you to... Go out there on the WWE app. If For those of you that have access, you guys can check this out for yourselves. If not, hit YouTube, look it up. You guys um, also, you know, for, for those of you that listen to podcasts and you want to hear different perspectives, just type in Bash at the Beach on your search for whatever platform that you use, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Whatever it is, like I said, that you use, or just even go into the regular Google search and type in Bash at the Beach 2000, I promise you, you will be blessed with a lot of great information. This was a tidbit that we gave you guys. It was a small portion, but it was something, you know, just to spark that wrestling history because right now with COVID, that's really the only thing that's going on right now is wrestling. So, you know, for us diehard wrestling fans out here, hey, it's... It's no greater of an opportunity to take down, take a walk down memory lane and remember how great wrestling was. It's great today. They're they're scratching, you know, and they're trying to find that, you know, they're trying to find that place again. 
I promise you they'll get back to it because they have Vince McMahon doing this. But there's nothing better than taking a walk down memory lane and just rehashing out old the good old days. You know, because like I said, you know, we were, you know, uh, me and Arturo come from a, from a time where wrestling was absolutely great. You know, we had, we had uh, ratings wars going on. We had wrestlers that were with a great company that jumped to another company to bring them up. And I'm talking about the wrestlers that jumped from WWE to WCW. But, in a, and like I said, in this perfect storm of wrestling that we had at that time, we probably would have never got the Attitude Area era if they hadn't jumped. Oh yeah. NWO would have never been happened if if yeah. they hadn't jumped. No DX. No DX. Yeah. No Rock. No Nation. No, you know, there's there's guys. Trust me when I say there's so many more great stories that we're gonna be bringing to you. There is. There is a list a mile long, and I promise you, the Funkaholics are gonna are are gonna bring it bring it back to life. So. With that said, guys, like I said, you know, if, if you guys want to check this out, YouTube, best way to find it, other podcasts. Um, I know Eric Bischoff has his own podcast. I know Russo does his own. Uh, listen to the JR one because he covers the story. He gives his perspective. You've got Cornette, Bruce Pritchard. There's just a lot of great stories out there. You guys got to listen to them. So moving on into something different, we're going to talk, we're staying with wrestling, but we're going to go into the figurine world because we are collectors by the end of the day. Um, I've been uh, I've been blessed and having a lot of fun with scratching that figure itch, but, you know, doing photography and all these different things with, you know, with, uh, with wrestlers, um, and my biggest thing is, is I'm guilty. I love the elites, ringside collectibles, and uh, Mattel are just blowing it out of the water. This year, guys, for 2020, holy shit! <laughs> San Diego Comic Con has come and passed, but they made some announcements, and my wallet is. Flatlining. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if there's we, anything that's going to bring it back to life right we, now. We don't have those deep pockets like uh, <laughs> Zack Ryder, you know, Mr. Woo Woo. Exactly. You know, and uh, Hawkins, you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> Shout out to the Major Wrestling Podcast, man. We love you guys and everything that you're doing. Um, if it wasn't for you guys, uh, we wouldn't get all this great news and all these great figurines that are that are coming out. And uh, Matt Cardona, Mr. Always Ready. Thank you for the knowledge that you drop on all the people, man. It's uh, it's a beautiful thing. And Smart Mark, thank you, dude, for putting the podcast together, doing what you do. I know you don't get enough credit. You're the man behind the scenes. But shout out to you, man, because I, I, from an editing perspective, I know what you're going through, my man. So just keep doing that awesome work. So right now, we're going to break down, guys, some of the releases that were announced. Um, there's a shit ton, so we're going to go through them. Um, we're going to talk about the ones we love, the ones we hate, and maybe some ones that we have on the wish list. <laughs> so in figure news, we've got AEW, AEW Unri Unrivaled Series 2 up for pre-order. 
So in this round, guys, they're, they're bringing in MJF, Hangman Adam Page, and it looks like we've got Rhodes or Goldust. Well, he's not known as Goldust anymore. <laughs> um, shit, I can't think of these other two. Mr. John Moxley's in there. John Moxley's in there. Uh, we've got Pentagon Jr. and Ray Phoenix. So for those for those of you that are AEW fans, we've got some great figurines coming. A lot of good talented wrestlers there, man. It's a it's good to see a, a different organization in there as AEW with you know Tony Khan doing his thing there, you know Cody Rhodes and stuff. They're bringing that product in there, and uh, I envision a lot of great things going to be coming out of AEW. Um, that's a hell of a, a line right there. Yeah, and those figurines coming out and stuff. So uh, definitely, if you can get your hands on them, go get get your hands on them, people, because uh, the, the, these are these are these up and coming stars, and uh, and this is what wrestling is going to come to be, and uh, I can't wait to to see what the future holds for for each and every one of them. Definitely, um, we've got an announcement with Mattel WWE Elite eighty. It's going up for pre order. So this one I'm actually pretty pumped for. Uh, we got the Viking Raiders. <laughs> I got a lot I'm, of guys, man. I am, I am pumped for that. We got Ivar and we got Eric. <laughs> um, these ones kind of take me back to Van Vader-ish, uh, Legion of Doom, just the way that these guys dress, you know, some of the... I know. think a power of pain. There you go. You know, Warlord and Barbarian. There, yeah. You know. um, Eric is a... Is a talent that actually blows me away. Even Ivar, man. Some of the Dude, shit I that can't he does. I mean, Ivar, man, being able to do them cartwheels. Exactly. Bro, I throw my back out trying to do something <laughs> like that. You know, but I love those guys, man. Yeah. Especially the way that they did that storytelling with the, with the street profits. With the street profits, dude, that was, was awesome, good. dude. I loved it. Yeah. And stuff. So. <laughs> um, we've got Kyle O'Reilly coming in, making an appearance. Um, we got. Another Kevin Owens. Ugh, I'm not excited. I'm not. I love Kevin Owens, but I'm not excited about the figurines. I think he has enough. Uh, we got Ricochet. Ricochet's got a couple of figs out there. Dude, I love Ricochet, man, and and I just wish that uh, McMahon would just run with him. Yeah, you know, that's just so much talent right there and stuff. And 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 I look forward to seeing him getting his opportunity. Definitely, there. They're scratching the surface, but they just need to figure out exactly what they're going to do with this high-flying talent. Yeah. Um, they're, you can tell that they're trying to figure it out. Yeah, it's it, not it just, there yet. But it just kind of pissed me off when they, they, they were building him up, and then they squashed him just like that with Brock yeah. Lesnar. Yeah. And that, that, that just it, it bugs the hell out of me. <laughs> and I know it bugged the hell out of you, Ricochet, but I'm just telling you as a fan, I see the talent, I love it, and I can't wait to see what they're going to do with you. The... The physical traits, the athletic talent is there. He needs to rock the mic. Yeah. Once he once he gets that under his belt and he's figured it out, sky's, I think, I think, sky's the limit. I think The Rock just needs to come back and just manage a couple of these oh guys. Oh, my God. They need so, to have him in the... Uh, hey, his daughter's at the Performance Center. So... <laughs> hey, you never know. You never know. Let's or, see or, what happens. Or, or send him to NXT, man, and let the... Triple H and Shawn Michaels and the Road Dog work with them. There you go. And stuff and it, it, it'll be something beautiful. Exactly. Oh. We got Bailey. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> like I said, dude, we were talking earlier, dude. I'm still, I'm still trying to wrap my head around with her being heel and stuff. How do you go from being a hugger to, a, 
you're trying to do this. (laughs) Yeah. And then you're trying to do this Cleopatra type look type deal. I'm like, I'm sorry. It's it's just, it's not working for me. Yeah. So the haircut reminds me too much of Shayna Baszler. Yeah. It's, and, and even the, the, the ring gear. It's, you know, I, I know Shane Baszler does, you know, this thing with spades and, you know, she's got her black, red and white, whatever, but Bailey's character, it almost feels like yeah. it. Because, I mean, they're almost even wearing, like, the same type of ring gear. Exactly. It, I, but, you know, I like, know nothing, nothing just... to knock bad on Bailey. I love her as a professional uh, wrestler. I love her, her talent and what she brings. I just think that they're not utilizing her the to her full strengths yeah and stuff and uh you know if she can be a heel but this twisted let's make something different you know it's like like we we're talking about like charlie flair man damn you can have her a heel Woo! you can have her a baby doll you, you can have her as a as a fan favorite it doesn't matter because just the charisma and everything from that woman you know, damn, I'm so fucking pissed off at Andrade. That's a lucky son of a bitch. Right. That's you know, all I can say. You know? <laughs> and one of the things, like I was telling you when we were talking about Sasha Banks earlier is, I, you know, I, I told you, I said, I can't stand either one of them. So that tells me that they're building a great character because, you know, when, when you know you're, you, you're on the show, you're, you're watching the show. I know for me, like, the moment that I hear their fucking music cut or they're coming on, my hair is already standing up. And I'm not like, you know, get them off the fucking show, you know, whatever. But that tells you that they're, you know, they're, they're doing some things right. It's, yeah. it's working. It's working. And, but, you know, when you see them and they take jabs at, you know, they even took a jab at The Undertaker. And I was like, you know, really, that's like the ultimate no-no in WWE. You can talk crap about anybody, but you don't really talk crap about the taker. And, right. You know, and when you throw that kind of a jab in there, you know what? You're getting the blessing from the man himself. Yeah. You know, and, and I love Sasha Banks, too. I love what she does. I love how she pays homage to uh, Eddie Guerrero and stuff, which is doing that frog splash. She, and you can tell she's been trying to work at it. Because yeah. Because she tries to do it to the, ring, way that, the way that the man did it. Her ring so, gear mirrors Eddie exactly. Guerrero, too. Just the way that Bailey does shit with Macho Man. Exactly. You see the stars all over her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And stuff, so. Um, we've got a surprise AEW unri- Unrivaled Series 3. Uh, we've got Orange Cassidy and Bastard Pac coming. Ah, that'll be a good one there. <laughs> so that'll be interesting. I know uh, I know Sal, brother, you ain't going to want to hear this one about Orange Cassidy because I know you can't stand his character. <laughs> uh, but, hey, his, uh, his, finger, his figurine's coming out, man. We've got the new ringside exclusive major WF pod figures revealed. Again, this is Matt Cardona and um, Brian Myers uh, coming out with uh, more figurines of themselves. These ones look like the Masters of the Universe WWE. Those are sick, man. They... Uh, mashups. Yes. So, ha, I... I I want to slow down on those fucking Masters of the Universe WWE mashups. They're not making it easy, oh, man. Yeah. Because coming up, guys, there's more releases that are that are happening with those, and they're they're beautiful figs. Mm-hmm. They're great ideas. I'm hooked, but 
like I said, you know, my my wallet needs it's, CPR right now because they're just and, they're and the killing fun, me. And the funny thing about it is, it brings up other childhood memories, like you just said, absolutely, the, mas- the masters of the universe, man. Growing up watching He Man and stuff, and 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 the way that they bring out the attire and stuff, it's just it's just awesome. You know, it's, it's just like reliving your youth all over again. Exactly. You know? and and you're getting the best of both and, worls. You and, got and, masters of the universe. And the downfall. WWE. And the downfall about it now is you got fucking money. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Back then, you're like, Dad, please, Mom, right. please. I'll mow the lawn Dad, five times. I swear. Use your allowance. You don't pay me enough. You know. Now it's like. Do I pay the water bill or do I go get this figure? You know exactly. what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Adult decisions. There you go. Um, next, we've got Firefly, Funhouse, Bray Wyatt, Ringside Exclusive Pre-Order. This one is pretty cool. I love what Bray Wyatt's doing, um, you know, with the, with the Firefly Funhouse and The Fiend. I got the Fiend figurine, and it's absolutely beautiful. Awesome. Just the way the detail is. You can't go wrong. Now that they're bringing in the Bray Wyatt, <laughs> Bray Wyatt one, it's actually pretty cool. The I got to see a sneak peek of the box, and they've got Mercy the Buzzard in there. They've got the demented Vince McMahon puppet. Uh, they've got uh, the, the, the doll with the... The one that's always on the rocking chair and has got that crazy yeah, I know, voice. I know what you're She's creepy as fuck. Yeah. Um, I ra- think of Annabelle when I see yeah, that. Yeah, there you go. You know, uh, they got Rambling Rabbit. You know, so <laughs> they they got all the great characters in there. Uh, a, a, is it Augustus the Augustus, pig? I believe so. Yeah. 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 They got him in there. So it it includes all four puppets. So guys, you're getting that um, for the. For the people that are doing photography, this is going to be an actual uh, fig photography. This is going to be a blast for you. Yeah, I think I think what I love about this uh, the fun house is it's like a it's like a demented Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Pee Wee's Playhouse and and Mister Rogers go, has Mr. a Rogers baby, <laughs> and this is <laughs> the only thing that's missing is the train. Exactly. <laughs> so on this next one. Woo! Man! It's my baby doll, Charlotte Flair. It is the Ringside Collectibles exclusive Ultimate Edition from the, uh, from the Series 6. This fig is beautiful. It comes with an extra set of hands on Charlotte. It comes with another head sculpt. Absolutely beautiful. I am getting this oh, one. Oh, you and me both. I, I, yeah. I gotta have it. And there's other Charlotte figs out there. Absolutely great. But this one, this is the ball of them all. It's uh, ringside collectibles. You guys went above and beyond on this one. It, it's it's a beautiful figurine. Uh, as a as a Charlotte fan, I'm super excited for this one. Then we've got Mattel WWE Series 113. Uh, we've got Buddy Murphy, another Cena. <laughs> we got another Drew McIntyre, so this one could be uh, really cool. Uh, we got Mia Yim, and we've got an Edge. Edge has a chase, so there's going to be a variation of this one. Um, awesome figs that are coming out. Uh, 
we've got the Mattel, the Mattel, Mattel WWE Elite Top Picks 2021 pre-order. Uh, this one is the Fiend. I've got to do a little bit more research on this one because they're already going into 2021, and it, it's a top fix. So you got Kofi, you got the Fiend, you got Roman Reigns, you got Drew, Drew McIntyre. Um, I don't know enough on those ones, but I promise you guys in future episodes we'll let you know what's going on with those. Uh, another SDCC 2020 reveal was obviously the um, the Bray Wyatt. Yeah. We've uh, we've got that one. That one's strictly from the Firefly Funhouse. On this one, I wasn't too impressed with the way that they did the sweater. I think they should have done they should have done it as something that you can put on. Exactly. Yeah. It, it kind of looks like uh, he's wearing like a, a skin a skin tight type deal, and yeah. that's not who, who Bray Wyatt is and stuff. And and it, it's it's funny watching these figures now, whereas when I grew up. I had the LJN figures, you know, uh, and the big old nice rubber things. And if you pissed off your mom, if you, she, you had that King Kong Bundy one, it's going to hurt because that, 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 that little figure right there <laughs> weighed about five, six pounds yep. by itself and stuff. So, uh, but, uh, you know, it, I, I just like the way the detail that they go in with these figures now. This stuff is just awesome. Oh, yeah, stuff, definitely. So. Let's see, we've got... Oh, this one is one that I'm absolutely floored. And, and oh man, I want it. I don't know if the wallet's going to allow me, but I'll... Hey. I'll front you some cash, yeah. brother. <laughs> there it is. Where there's will, there's a way. We've got the Mattel WWE SDCC 2020 figure of... It's a... Goldberg and Brett the Hitman Hart. Enough said. That's it, man. And, and it's <laughs> awesome because, you know, it's got Brett with the with the United States title on there. Um, once again, you know, like I said, I was a big Bret Hart fan. I still am and stuff. And, and it, the detail in it and stuff, the, the hair. You it's know, even... Yeah. It's, it's even got the, the rib wrap. Yeah, it's got the rib. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it, it's an awesome figurine package, guys. That's uh, one I would recommend for anybody's collection. Definitely. And it takes you back to the WCW area, uh, uh, era. Sorry, it was a absolute great time in wrestling history. Uh, you've got. I don't necessarily think this one was a SDCC twenty twenty um, uh, uh, release. It's the Mattel WWE Edgeheads three and one. So you got. Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins with Edge. And guys, I think that is going to do it for the wrestling figs. Actually, we've got real quick, and I just noticed this one. We got the Elite 79. Uh, this one is going to introduce Roman Reigns, another Daniel Bryan. We got a Big E. We got Bobby Fish, so you can you can... Complete that undisputed era with Adam Cole, baby. Yeah. Shout we out got, to that man. He got he got a shady the other day with that, <laughs> that McAfee show. You right? know, hey, but I give you props, Cole, for standing up for yourself in that and stuff. And uh, I know you guys uh, take a lot of time away from your families and stuff to entertain each and every one of us. And and it's not only just you; it's every single uh, wrestler out there, uh, male and female. You guys, thank you for what you do, but. Uh, uh, I don't think on the on your off time, 
you should go to a place where you're just going to get shit on. So exactly. I, I'm glad that you stood up for yourself and I was wishing you would have whooped his ass, but uh, we'll <laughs> save that for another podcast. Yeah, that's going to come at a later time. Boom. There we go. We got hit. Um, we also have Io Shirai making her appearance with another great talent man. with wrestling figs. And then we got Xavier Woods. <laughs> Xavier Woods. So, for those of you guys that want to complete that New Day or the Undisputed Era, like I said, there's just um, there's a lot of great things coming through. And, ladies and gentlemen, again, when you're talking about what you love, just like that, the time gets away from you. Yeah. Especially when you're having all that fun. Funkaholics, you hear this from me every single time, and I'm going to repeat it to you till... This heart is no longer pumping. Subscribe, download, share. Five stars. It's that easy. It takes a few seconds. Help your boys out. Get us that love. Spread it. Tell everyone. Tell anyone. That's all we need, guys. We're not asking for much. Just like that, again, we are going to... I'm going to have to edit this part because I'm not going with it. <laughs> but guys, I'm going to go ahead and leave you with this. We are going to go ahead and run it down. And just remember, I used to think that collecting was bad for me. So what did I do, people? I gave up thinking. It's just that easy. Arturo, brother, much love. Thank you for coming down here. Anytime, Nando, anytime. Blessing us with that wrestling knowledge. Definitely, man. Thank you for having me. And then just to throw one quick thing out there, these action figures, let's go old school, baby. Come on. I want to see you guys bring out some of these old school wrestlers. Give me the Freebirds. You know, give me Midnight Express. You know, give me the Sheep Herders. You know, uh, give me the Von Erics. I want to see some of these old school wrestlers, man. Trust me, I'll be buying them. There it is. Ringside Collectibles. We're talking to you. All right, guys. Well, have a blessed week. We will talk to you soon. All love and the best of luck hunting down those figurines.